Good morning, Living Waters. It's good to be part of the family service. The Sunday morning service is always family time in local church. This is my local church. It has been now for 23 years. Uh, what a joy to be back in the USA after two years and four months um, in that big penitentiary called Scotland. <laughs> Our first minister locked us all up and threw away the key. And we eventually got out of lockdown and all the restrictions of the pandemic. I'm praying that's behind us now, but I'm also praying that what the Lord shaped and formed in you and I during the pandemic will be released and we will steward it accurately. We have been walking on a journey together this weekend, looking at revival and the coming reformation. It certainly sounds a lofty language. It certainly sounds um, the language of the ivory tower. But really, at the end of the day, God does not move in the ivory tower. He moves through you and I. Praise God for the academy. I've been known to put my head around the door of an academy or two over the decades. But it's good to be in the trenches with the people of God. I believe there's a place in every trench for the people of God to fight the good fight of the faith. Over the weekend, we've been looking at so many different aspects of revival and the coming reformation. We have been unpacking it nightly, but at the same time, always bringing it to a place of understanding in terms of its relevance for today. I've learned one thing about theology, and I still believe in theology more than ever. But it's only theory unless we move into the experience of the theology of the word. If it's all we have, we'll be a bunch of eggheads. The world doesn't need any more eggheads. Amen. Could you imagine a Scotsman whose head's the shape of an egg? Oh my goodness, that is not a good thought. But we are indeed men and women of the Spirit, as well as men and women of the Word. If you have a Bible, please turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Amen. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. The title of this morning's message is Prophetic Moments. Prophetic Moments. It's so good to memorize those two words because it highlights our entire journey in the beloved prophetic moments. Every time God speaks and moves in our life, it's a prophetic moment. Our lives are governed in the kingdom by events and process. I believe generally we're more in process at the moment than events. We're in process as we walk through all the aftershock of the pandemic, as we walk through all the issues we are addressing in our own lives, as we walk through what has been a lengthy transition in the wider charismatic and Pentecostal body since 2007 up to the very day. We read today about Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, as some translations of the Bible call him, at least at subheading level. Blind Bartimaeus, who for much of his life was in process, a beggar, someone that had no life chances whatsoever other than trading on the kindness of strangers. He was moving towards a mighty prophetic moment that would change his life forever. We are people who are moving towards more significant prophetic moments. And I believe the purpose of this message that fits neatly into the theme of the weekend is to raise our expectations. This is a moment we can pause and say, what are my expectations of the Lord at the moment? What are the expectations of the Lord regarding my future? What are the expectations? What are my expectations of the Lord as we look sober-mindedly into the 21st century? This is a time we're engaging in powerful, sober mindfulness. We're mindful of the task that's ahead of us. When we reflect at such a level, it's holy ground. 
when we get real with God in such a way we know we are beginning to touch a destiny. And there was Bartimaeus moving towards a great prophetic moment in his life. Bartimaeus that must have heard something about this Jesus, the Nazarene, people that maybe threw him a few coins would have said, have you heard about this Jesus, the Nazarene? He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's open up, opening up blind eyes. And I can imagine Bartimaeus sitting there and thinking, having his expectations challenged, wondering, will I sit here the rest of my life, basically scrounging of strangers? But in that frame of thought, the Holy Spirit began to move in blind Bartimaeus. The Holy Spirit began to move that his security at one level was challenged. He needed to do nothing other than sit by the road the rest of his life and receive money from people. But he exchanged his security for the Savior. He started calling out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Rather than give me money, give me money. My name is Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. He changed the meditation of his heart and the confession of his lips. And the more he engaged in this, crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The more real Jesus the Nazarene became in Bartimaeus' spirit. Of course, every time God moves in the life, it forces the enemy to reveal himself. Don't be too quick to jump into prophetic moments because the enemy will reveal himself. He opposes the work of God in you and I and in Bartimaeus' life. Well, the enemy immediately, immediately manifested in the crowd that surrounded Bartimaeus. Many, as we read in verse 48, told him sternly to be quiet. You could imagine the masses looking at this scrape of humanity called Bartimaeus and saying, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. But it only provoked, as we read in verse 48, the faith of Bartimaeus further, where he said, son of David, have mercy on me. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing changed. Bartimaeus, confession of faith. Many were involved. Many were involved. And pushing this broken man down. What was the game changer in Bartimaeus' experience? Now the odds are really stacked against him. He's got the crowd against him. 
He cannot see his hope of Jesus and Nazarene doing something on his, in his life was diminishing. The game changer, the game changer kicked in in Mark 10, 42, when Jesus suddenly stopped, spoke to the crowd. It's interesting at this stage, he didn't speak to Bartimaeus. He spoke to the crowd and said, call him here. So the many that were against Bartimaeus were suddenly for him. And they said, take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. That's a game changer. Bartimaeus' enemies were suddenly becoming not only his friends, but giving him instruction, call, take, take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. We deal with the crowd in our own lives and in hard seasons. The crowd, the many, often become they in our minds. It's a psychological reaction when we're in community and we're going through a really difficult season. It's a normal psychological reaction when we're in intense pain and moving around people and we see that they're unaware of our pain, they're unaware of our struggle. Then the many become they in our minds. And anonymous people, when we think of they, they don't understand what I'm going through. They don't care for me. When did they last ask how I was really doing? This anonymous, faceless group of people that become they in our minds. Well, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt so wounded by they, even though you don't know who they really are? Sometimes they are pretty nasty. Sometimes they are seeing how you are moving forward in God and either not particularly interested, and sometimes they, the nameless, faceless, imaginary group in our minds, produce one or two people you can call by name who are opposing you and opposing the work of God in your life. What's the game changer? When we are fellowshipping with they in our tortured souls. Well, as it was in the days of Bartimaeus, so it is in the days of the 21st century. It's when Jesus begins to speak to the many. It's when Jesus speaks on the aftermath of what he's done in our lives. It's what Jesus does when the many are looking at us with hostility. As Jesus made the enemies and the many who opposed Bartim Bartimaeus, his friends. So when Jesus speaks to the many and to specific people who are opposing you and I, then old enemies can become new friends. 
the principle this morning is this. Our biggest blessing in life is people, but the biggest problem in life is people. Maybe not in Elk River, definitely in Scotland. Jesus can deal with the difficult people that oppose us, that surround us. He knows our history. He understands our history. Bartimaeus was in the midst of all this kingdom activity. They have a blind man who's been called up to stand before Jesus. Goodness, imagine the angels surrounding this holy moment, the hand of Father God pushing back the spirits that oppressed Bartimaeus for many years, and the Holy Spirit unraveling the mindset of a beggar, a pauper, one that had to beg to survive for the rest of his life. I'm sure Bartimaeus prayed every day that he wouldn't live too long. Generally, in that era, many men died in their 20s and 30s anyway. I wonder how old Bartimaeus was in an era where people did not live very long. There was a lot going in, a lot going on in the interior life of Bartimaeus. But we know this, in Mark 10, 51 and 52, that when Jesus spoke specifics to Bartimaeus and said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you and I could be forgiven for thinking, that's a no-brainer. Bartimaeus was hardly likely to ask Jesus for a new car. He couldn't have driven the thing. Bartimaeus' need was absolutely obvious to all and sundry. But Jesus knew that Bartimaeus had faith in his spirit. Jesus knew through the gift of word of knowledge that he has faith in his spirit that his eyes would be opened. And in that prophetic moment, Jesus opened the eyes of Bartimaeus by saying, go, your faith has made you well. His response to this miracle was simply to follow Jesus on the road. Bartimaeus, prophetic moment, came and went, and he began to follow Jesus on the road. As we're processing much, right now, men and women of God, praise the Lord for everything he's done in our lives. Praise the Lord for the testimony we have thus far. However, however, the Lord has scheduled prophetic moments in a future. A response to that knowledge needs to be proactive rather than passive. For when the rubber hit the road, Bartimaeus had faith to receive the miracle from Jesus. And you and I can adopt the same posture of Bartimaeus. By thinking of that moment when Jesus says to you and I, what do you want me to do for you? 
What do you want the Lord Jesus to do for you this morning? What do we want the Lord Jesus to do for us this morning? Praise God, I think all of us can see with a physical eyes. I need these geezers a bit more these days when I'm reading books. I can see you fairly clearly. Now I can see you even better, especially the front row. <laughs> Shooby dooby doob up. Our prayer, our prayer, reflecting the prayer of Bartimaeus, is I want to have prophetic eyes to see the moment. I want to have prophetic eyes that I can see and hear what the Lord is saying to me. I can't run anymore in 20th century anointing. I cease to run even with early 21st century anointing some time ago. I need to have prophetic eyes to see the moment. The key to the revival and the coming reformation is you and I have prophetic eyes like Bartimaeus to enter into our moments in the Lord. The Spanish army back in the day were a rather ruthless bunch. I'm talking of the days of horses and chariots. They would attack a city or a country in four columns, four straight columns, masses, and it would deceive the city or nation they were invading into thinking, we can see the Spanish coming. Absolutely no problem. They could see the four military columns of soldiers advancing. They were ready. Easy peasy. However, what they didn't realize was around a year in advance, the Spanish army infiltrated that city with people who came in undercover, teachers, respectable people, men and women in professions. And this fifth column that came in a year in advance began to infiltrate the city and move in such a way that when the four columns invaded the city, the fifth column could create havoc internally. So when the Spanish army came in in their four columns, there was such internal chaos that the Spanish army infiltrated, invaded and conquered the city very quickly. We are God's fifth columnists in Elk River. We're not here to create havoc. Well, we are but it's on the kingdom of darkness. We're waiting for this revival, this coming reformation, but we're not passive, we're proactive. You know where the enemy works in the life or in a community, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's how we can detect his activities in a, someone's life or in, in the people of Elk River and beyond. We are there as fifth columnists to sow seeds of salvation. Seeds 
of hope, seeds of healing and comfort. We are there in this process that we find ourselves living in, that we can function according to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, as Christ's ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. We would not be appointed as Christ's ambassadors if it didn't work, if it was an exercise in futility. But every time we discharge our faith in the city or in people's lives, every time we speak revelatory truth into people's lives, the Lord is moving, the Lord is touching, the Lord is healing. When we move into this final outpouring before the Lord returns, we will be doing nothing different then than what we are now. Only the context will be entirely different. So as we wrap this brief message up, believe intensely for prophetic moments. Believe in faith, looking to the future, giving the Lord all the time in the world to deliver prophetic moments, but believing in faith on this Jesus, the Nazarene. What can this Jesus do? He does all the things that his father does, and it's governed by his word. We have his word, but the Holy Spirit makes it a living word in our experience. We're people of the present. We're people of the future. We're in good shape. Even though it may feel we've been battered around quite a bit, we are in good shape as we move forward as 21st century people.